Now, I think one of the worst things that we as Catholics can do is imagine Mary as an ineffective person. Mary speaks very little in the Gospels, but we can glean a lot of her faith, but very little of her personality. Now, if Jesus is the new Adam and Mary is the new Eve, and Mary, in her perfection and meekness, must be fully woman, if she was chosen and preserved from original sin through her immaculate conception, then by her nature alone, being in the state of existence, state of existence that Adam and Eve were, then she had to fully embody integrated femininity. We often picture her as meek and doted upon as a heavenly queen should be. But I think there is a disconnect in what we imagine a meek person to be. Meekness can also be called patience, long-suffering, gentleness, reverence, peacefulness, and docility. Not one of those descriptions means helpless. It's as if we think about the perfection of femininity as looking like the Queen of England. Very refined, very proper, ultimately a useless figurehead. When in fact we should look at Mary as if she was the superhero Wonder Woman. At no time in the history of the character of Wonder Woman has she ever been dependent on someone else to do something for her to save the day. That's like the whole point of her as a character. It's to show that a woman isn't actually helpless, but rather helpful. So she is integral to saving the day in every story arc that she is placed in. She is not a background character and often the main character responsible for the good things happening in whatever story she's a part of. Wonder Woman is anything but ineffective. Mary, the mother of God, the queen of the universe, is the same. While containing divinity only while she was pregnant, she was fully human, and this is why we rejoice. Because being fully human and the fully integrated perfection of femininity, she is an example for men and women throughout all of time. Mary shows us how to perfectly love the Lord. She shows us how to suffer with him silently. She shows us how to go and do things when they need to be done. She contemplates the mysteries of the Lord, and then she demands that he acts when it's appropriate. She doesn't fear asking her son and king for anything, no matter the request, but with love and devotion and expectation of grace to be given, she makes requests of him on our behalf constantly. She shows us truly how to pray. Now, maybe you have not connected with my reasoning or experience of Mary, and that's okay, because the good thing is that I know many holy women of various ages and stages in life. And so I asked them this previous week, why is it that they particularly love Mary? And here are their responses. Because my hope is that maybe if you don't connect with my particular connection to Mary, that maybe you will hear something in these women's responses that you will connect to. Mary knows when to speak and when to observe. She's fully capable of being decisive when she needs to be, i.e. her fiat and making Jesus do his ministry, but also docility by holding all of these things in her heart. Another offered this. When appearing to St. Catherine Laboret, St. Catherine asked Mary why some of the rings on her fingers were not emitting rays of light like others were. Mary answered her, quote, These rays symbolize the graces I shed upon those who ask for them. The gems for which rays do not fall are the graces for which souls forget to ask. Quote. 
Mary makes it clear that we are, acting, we are to act boldly, like she did, trusting in the Lord. Then going to her cousin. Then making Jesus perform a miracle before he wanted to. She tells us that there is no room for timidity, to be strong, and to speak up. Another offered this. I think it's her tenderness that I love. She had to be tough as nails to have such abandonment to the Lord's will and to endure the sorrow of the cross. But all the while, it didn't make her hard or bitter or angry. She remains tender, giving that maternal hug that comforts us when we have fallen down. It requires divine strength to be so vulnerable. But she shows that strength comes from God's love being poured into our hearts. It's not our own efforts or how tough we are. My niece, who is 16 and in high school, offered this reflection. Well, I love many things about her, but for me, since I do prayer ministry at my high school, and I pray over people a lot, every time before I am going to pray over someone, I ask her to wrap me in her mantle. I feel so protected, like it's crazy. So it's probably just her always protecting me and wrapping me in her arms whenever I ask and whenever I need it. Another offered this. This is one of the more long-winded and passionate responses. But she says, one of my favorite images is of her being feisty with Jesus at the wedding feast at Cana, so confident in her son's love, both as human and God, that she wasn't afraid to ask for something impossible. And moreover, that this request came from a place of concern for her friends. Us Middle Easterners place the utmost importance on hospitality. And I love the fact that Mary loved her friends so fiercely that she would protect her friends from others' judgment and embarrassment. Everyone, including myself, hears meek woman, and they think weak. But no, she literally crushes Satan's head under her foot. Like, are you kidding me? How does she do it? By saying yes to motherhood. By loving her son and her husband. By seeing the hurt in her friends' hearts and bringing them to Jesus. And by living vibrantly and boldly. Another offered this. I think my favorite thing about her is that she's so incredibly humbled, and yet she's the queen of the literal universe. And all of the heavenly legions and the devil hates her. Sorry, this is written wrong. She meant all of the heavenly legions are under her control, and the devil hates her because she is more powerful than him, and that's awesome. Another one answered this way. Unlike our first parents, she never placed blame on others even when she had every right to. Like there should have been a full monologue of her going off on Joseph Joseph, about how it's his fault that she has to give birth into a stable or flipping off Caesar Augustus for having that census at such an inconvenient time when she has to travel on a donkey nine months pregnant. She never places blame on Joseph when Jesus is lost in the temple. She doesn't try to beat up the Romans when they have crucified her son. She held all these things in her heart and overcome with grace and virtue, she dealt with it. And to me, that's mind-blowing. Another offered this. One of the first things that comes to mind is that you get to know her, or once you get to know her, you realize that there is absolutely nothing that's boring about her. And it is her holiness that makes her this way. Another high schooler I know said this. The best thing about Mary is being able to go to her as a mother. When I feel like there is no one else I can go to, Mary has always been a comforting presence to me. And her mother responded this way. 
My favorite thing is that Mary is... Oh, my favorite thing about Mary is her humility and her courage. Her fiat expresses both humility and courage in accepting, as created from her creator, a path that she did not fully understand and would walk anyway, with gracious acceptance, not begrudgingly, dragging her cross behind her like I am apt to do. Two final responses. I am always inspired by she pondered these things in her heart. She didn't demand answers from God. Rather, she trusted in him and in his timing and his goodness. I'm not good at that right now, but I aspire to it. And finally this. Mary's fiat is my personal prayer every time I bow my head while preparing to receive communion, which helps me to reflect on being obedient and open to God's will for me. It's this beautiful facet of womanhood that the world gets so wrong so much of the time. Obedience isn't, be, isn't about being beaten down or used or manipulated by others, typically portrayed as men. But it's about being open to big and wonderful and amazingly fantastic things that the Lord has in store for you. Now what I love about these is that it shows that these women know Mary on a deep and personal and motherly level. And we spend a lot of time focusing on Mary this weekend because we are only a week away from Christmas. We celebrate Mary knowing that she is the linchpin of salvation. If she does not say yes, if she does not welcome the Holy Spirit into her womb, if she does not blindly but confidently trust in the Lord and his plan for her complete joy, if none of that happens, then salvation does not come through Jesus, and God has to find another way. While she is not the Savior, she is absolutely integral in salvation history. She is not the reason for the season, but without her, we have no season. So we spend much time on this Sunday realizing what a great and wonderful gift we have in Mary, and we praise the Lord for choosing her, for her response to grace, and for the way that salvation has unveiled itself to us throughout divine revelation. As we walk towards Christmas, let us do so remembering the great companion that we have, that we have been given in Mary, who always keeps us company when we pray. Pray that the Holy Spirit would give you the grace to be entirely devoted to her great love for us, which always directs us back to her Son. And let us welcome the feast of Christmas, knowing that we anticipate the greatest of all kings, the King of the universe, who would choose to enter into the world through the meek and the lowly.